Good morning, church. Welcome. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to read God's word to each other. We're going to be reading from Psalm 118, verse 1 through 6. I'll read the leader part, and you guys can read the congregation part. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let Israel say, His faithful love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, Let those who fear the Lord say, His faithful love endures forever. I called to the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and put me in a spacious place. The Lord is for me. I will not be afraid. Let's sing that truth together. We will fear the battle, we will fear the night, we will walk the valley with you by our side. You will go before us, you will lead the way. We have found a refuge, only you can say. Sing with joy now, our God is for us, the Father's love is the strong and mighty. the 
if God is for us, who can be against us? Isn't that good news? Amen. Amen. Let's continue to sing together of the gospel good news of Jesus Christ and his wonderful grace. Wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all my sin. How shall my tongue describe it? Where shall its rays begin? Setting my spirit free for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Your grace, your grace, I thank you for your grace for all, for all my days. My days, I thank you for your grace. Your grace, your grace, your grace, I thank you for your grace for all, for all my days. I thank you for your grace. Jesus, reaching to all the lost. I have pardoned, saved to the uttermost. Chains have been torn and broken, giving me liberty for the wonderful grace of Jesus. Reaches me. Reaching the most divine By its transforming power Making me God's dear child Purchasing peace and heaven For all eternity For the wonderful grace of Jesus Reaches me Your grace, your grace, I thank you for your grace for all, for all my days. My days, I thank you for your grace. Your grace, your grace, your grace, I thank you for your grace for all, for all my days. My days, I thank you for your grace. singing. Grab a seat. I'm glad that you are with us this morning as we sing about the grace of Jesus. Amen. Uh, we are glad that you are here this morning, uh, members and guests. And guests, if you're here today, we want to welcome you. We hope that you feel welcome here in God's house. And if this is your first time with us, we hope that you would fill out the connect card that's right in front of you and the pew in front of you. Uh, we want to connect with you, and we want you to know how much we uh, want to connect with you. So fill that out. At the end of our service, we hope that you would take that through uh, the double doors to the immediate left is our next steps desk there you're going to learn a lot of information but we want to connect with you so please if you would fill that connect card out and take it there at the end of the service and we have a gift waiting for you if this is your first time visiting with us today 
Well, we have uh, begun our worship, and one of the things that we like to do is pause and pray for ourselves, uh, for the world, uh, and pray to God as one voice, as God's people. So if you don't mind, would you join me in praying together uh, for several different things for ourselves uh, and for the world? If you would join me now. Heavenly Father, we are thankful uh, to be here in your house this day that we will celebrate uh, your, your son rising from the grave, that this day that we gather as your people, people saved by grace. And Lord, we want to come to give you all that you are worth, all that you are value, and show the world that you, tr that you are what we treasure above all. And Lord, today, this reminds us of one of the values that we carry together and hopefully live for the world as Hebron Baptist Church, and that's an engaging worship. Lord, we know that you have called us to, to be regular in worship, but to be connected to you in worship. And so, Lord, I pray this morning as we, we sing songs and we pray as we are now that we, that we listen to the word proclaimed, that we give of our offerings, even as we pour into each other's lives as an act of worship, we pray, God, today that we would engage our hearts to you, that we would see you as the thing most treasured, that we would give you all that is valuable and worth. And Lord, there are many distractions to each heart that are here Maybe it's a guest who feels a little nervous about their first time. Maybe it's a, a, a disagreement we had in the car ride over. Maybe there's an impending doctor's appointment that we might have tomorrow that we're concerned about. Maybe there's something going on in our work or our school or just, Lord, we know that there are many distractions that are going about in our lives. But today, for now, Lord, we pray that we would be engaging worshipers with you. Lord, I thank you for our leaders. We thank you for Mark, the praise team, the band members, those in behind the scenes that one, value your word sung, but also to help us to worship you. Lord, today we, as we have engaged in prayer and worship together, we also lift up our brother and sister in Christ, Chris and Rhonda Richard and Hannah and Kenley. This precious sweet family who answered the call to vocational missions through the International Mission Board through our church family we lift them up as they minister in Argentina as they even go to their very own church to engage in worship today Lord we pray for them and one of their major prayer requests is to help them with the dialect of our Argentinian Spanish and so Lord we just pray uh, that you would help put all the different things and nuances of that language into their hearts and minds so they can truly engage in deep conversation with people about their spiritual health. And Lord, we pray for the church planting movement of the people that they are meeting together with right now. That Lord, that you can see that God, you are already at, at work and we pray that truly through them and through other churches and through their work, that a church planting movement of healthy, gospel-centered, Bible-believing churches will sprout, out, sprout up through Buenos Aires and Argentina because of their faithfulness. 
Heavenly Father, we know right now, speaking of other things going on in the world, our hearts uh, can be distracted because of the things that, are, that we see on the news. Tensions with China, continuing uh, issues with Russia uh, in Ukraine. We also know that, that this socioeconomic pressure of these other countries on other countries are something that we know about and we pray about. We pray, God, even in these dark places, we pray for believers there to continue to be faithful. Lord, you have reached people with the gospel in, in, in China and in Russia and in Ukraine and all the dark countries that we know, but we know, God, you are faithful. Help them to be people of light even during this dark history. Help them as they build the church there through the proclaiming of the gospel. And Lord, help us to not lose sight as we think of these big international things, to not be reminded of your work across the globe. Thank you that you're not only just saving us, but you're saving people across the world. Heavenly Father, we do want to lift up some concerns that we have here in our church family. We do lift up Katie Wiegand and the loss of her father in China. We are thankful, Lord, for his faithfulness to you, for him coming to faith in your son, Jesus Christ, for missionaries and people and pastors who brought the gospel to him, that he would, and by your grace, believe. And Lord, we just pray that you would minister to her heart and her family during the loss of, their fa of, of her father. We're thankful that, Lord, you brought her here, but we know, Lord, that we just lift her up and ask God that you minister to her through us and through other believers, but mostly through the hope that is the gospel, that because your son is alive, so will we who have our faith in him. God, we continue to lift up Dawn and Mike Sousa, and particularly Emily over at Children's Hospital. We are thankful for the good news, uh, and we're thankful that there is a good trend, but God, we know that there's much healing and much work to be done, and we know by your hand you are doing it. We pray that you would strengthen Mike, who had a rough night last night, and for Dawn, who, uh, who is over every day, we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen, protect them, give them encouragement and nourishment of your grace and mercy, and Lord, knowing that you care for them and care for Emily. We pray, God, that you would be with them during this difficult time and us as a church as we try to encourage them. Heavenly Father, we know that we should be engaging worshipers, but often we aren't. We come, we don't, we put worship about ourselves. We test the service and the sermon and the prayers to be all about us about whether we're entertained, about whether it's something we like or our preferences. But God, we have not come to be about us. We have come to be about you. And Lord, forgive us when we have made worship about us. Forgive us when we have not given our all to worship. God, forgive us that we don't live as living sacrifices to you in lives of worship. That God, even in knowing where we've fallen short, we know that you have gone all the way. You have given your son and his life to forgive us of our sins, 
even when we don't engage in worship, you have forgiven us through him. So Lord, thank you for the hope that is the gospel. Thank you for your son Jesus, and it's in his precious name that we pray and we will sing of this good news. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You hear this verse, we, we quoted a lot uh, during this time in our service, but I thought it'd be valuable to, to read it. Uh, so this is from 1 John 1, 5 through 10. I'm going to read this to you. If you just listen to God's word as we hear from it. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we, have sin, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So let's stand to our feet then and let's confess to God that we are a sinner, but he has been faithful and be comforted by his faithfulness.
time where we hear from God's word. Let's make it our prayer that his will will be done among us in this place, in our hearts, in our minds, and that we would go from this place and be changed by God's word. Let's pray your will be done. Father, not my will. 
this place. Amen. You may be seated. As we study together in God's Word, for those of you who are just visiting us today, or maybe we're sick last week, but we began a new series, The Last Hours of Jesus. So we're looking at what the Scripture tells us through the Gospel of Luke uh, from about 6 o'clock or so on Thursday to about 3 or 4 or so on Friday, Good Friday. We're looking at the events of Jesus' life and what He would teach us Uh, in the last hours of his life. And today, as we are looking at the scriptures, today we ask the question, how do we approach crunch time, the difficult times of our life, the things that we're scared about, the things that that are hard? How do we do it? Well, we look and see how Jesus responded, and he went to the Lord in prayer. And looking in verse 40, uh, sorry, if you want to begin, it's Luke chapter 22, Luke 22, 39 through 46. If you want to use the Pew Bible that is in front of you, it's page 936. 936 is the Pew Bible that is in front of you. If you would join me, we will read beginning in verse 39. He went out and made his way to the usual, to the Mount of Olives. The disciples followed him. When they reached the place, he told them, pray that you may not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he got up from prayer and came to the disciples, he found them sleeping, exhausted from their grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we have sung, And as we see in your word, we see your example. May we be more like you, Jesus. When we come to your word today, may your words change us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. How do you react in crunch time? In that moment that you need the most attention, what is demanded of you when there is most at stake? We praise athletes because they they were successful. When? In crunch time when it mattered. When a lawyer defends his case or prosecutes a case, how did he respond in crunch time? And 
a, a doctor in a, a very difficult surgery, when, when we have a very important decision to make at work on a deal that will change our company's future, when we have a decision with our children of how to, how to respond in a moment that, that, we, that we know that is important in their life, well, often we see this happen, but we ask, how did Jesus deal with crunch time? He knew he was about to die. We have these similar moments in our life when we're losing money or we're facing cancer, our family is in turmoil. What did Jesus do? How did he respond to crunch time? He prayed. It, it wasn't something mystical or hard or highly theological. He went to his father and prayed. How often do we neglect the arsenal that God has given us in times of crisis? How often do we neglect this wonderful gift of prayer? Now, I'm not talking about when just in a moment we say, God be with us or God watch over us or we give a short little prayer to cover everything that we've done, which in some moments, by the way, that's all that's required of faith of us, right? That that's all we can get out. But when we know that when we're in crunch time, that we know that we're preparing for difficult things, we know that as Jesus did, as it said often, he prepared himself with prayer. Jesus went to the area known as the Mount of Olives where he prayed in a garden alone with God. And his secret to crunch time is prayer. Brother, sister, if it's good for Jesus, it should be good for us. Paul even reflected upon this, seeing Jesus' example. When often we face with crunch time, difficult decisions, hard things, what do we do? We get worried, we anxious. But what did Paul say? Don't be worried about anything, but in everything, through prayer, and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God that surpasses, that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus here we see what Paul wrote about in action we see Jesus preparing for the worst hours and day of his life so it teaches us as we pray three ways that we can pray when it's crunch time if you're taking notes on the back of a bulletin or in your phone number one when it's crunch time pray that you will not fall into temptation when it's crunch time pray that you will not fall to temptation in verse 39 through 40 not once but twice Jesus through these scriptures the text today Jesus said to his disciples pray that you would not fall into temptation this is also the echo of the way that Jesus taught them to pray the Lord's prayer we would call it lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil Jesus truly understood that daily we would face temptation of all shapes and sizes. The, the disciples had just been tempted with pride. Just a few verses earlier, they were arguing who was the greatest, and they had fallen. When we face the toughest times of our life, 
we know temptation will be at its worst. We need to pray accordingly then that when faced with temptation, that we will not fall. See, that's a distinctive thing. Many of us get confused that we think temptation is something that we can avoid, but we know that Satan's schemes and God's plan also uses temptation to uh, to grow us in our faith. We cannot stop temptation from happening. What we can, by God's help, is not fall into it and not fall into its trap. We can't stop it from coming, but we can stop from falling into it. And this is what we need to pray accordingly. And no matter where you are in life, you will be tempted to act contrary to God's commands, His promises, and His way. We have confidence, though, that God will help us in temptation. Why? Because Christ overcame temptation Hebrews 2 18 says for since he himself has suffered when he was tempted he is able to help those who are tempted in this very moment in this snapshot in Jesus we build confidence that we can come to God we can come to Christ because Jesus was tempted he did not fall and therefore we can come to him for help when we're tempted Jesus, of course, is our supreme example. As he faces the cross, the greatest evil and suffering the world has ever known, we can take confidence that Jesus will help us. We can take comfort that Jesus is like us, that in his flesh and blood, that he did not want to suffer, that he hoped the cross would 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 uh, could be avoided we have a savior who knows that it is like what it's like to be tempted in every arena in life we have a god who knows what's it like to be human and who knows what it's like when we suffer no one could say that our god in jesus christ does not know what it's like to suffer that he does not know what it's like what we're experiencing because jesus the son of god suffered like us And in crunch time, the question becomes, are you willing to call for backup? Are you willing to pray? Hudson Taylor, who spent 54 years in China for China Inland Missionary, did great things for God, but he knew that he could not do them without prayer. He is known for his journals and his writings on prayer, asking for God to help him and to persevere. He wrote... I myself, for instance, am not especially gifted, am shy by nature, but my gracious and merciful God and Father inclined himself to me, and when I was weak in faith, he strengthened me while I was still young. He taught me in my helplessness to rest on him and to pray even about little things in which another might have felt able to help himself. You see, when we know that we are being tempted, that we try to do it on our own. But God says, come to me, children. Come to me, pray to me. I, I want to strengthen you. I want to help you. In this way that we pray, that we know, and we are admitting that we cannot do this on our own. That we are admitting that we are prone to wander. That we know that we need divine enabling to endure. So in crunch time, are you willing to call for backup? 
Maybe when the difficult times have come for you and your family, maybe you're tempted to sinful anger. Look, be, let's be honest. There is, there is some righteous anger against sin, righteous anger against Satan and his schemes, righteous anger against the fall, righteous anger against things that we are facing, but often we fall into sinful anger to people and other things and our circumstances and we 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 take our 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 feelings and we rat a tat 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 on everybody around us but god calls us to pray that we might not fall into sinful anger maybe when difficult times come that you are tempted to inaction and not doing anything. Well, brother and sister, sometimes inaction is sinful because God has called us to do something. God calls us to not fall into that temptation. Pray to him. Help us see that, that what we need to do. Maybe today that you know that you are, are struggling, you come into a, a time in your life and you are prone or tempted to an addiction or addictive behavior. Well, brother, sister, come to the Lord God and, and ask him to help you to not fall into temptation. A friend of mine hit a pothole in, in the road and he did a lot of damage to his car and he kind of gave a yogiism, you know, Yogi Berra would say these wonderful kind of comments that he was known for. But my friend said, well, if I knew that it was there, I would have avoided it. Well, of course you would. We know, brother and sister, we know temptation is there. And we need God's help to avoid it. God is willing to help us to deal with temptation. But instead of praying to avoid it, we need to help ask God to go through it. Man, we're stubborn sometimes. And Jesus said, temptation is coming your way. Come to me. Secondly, when it's crunch time, pray that you will be obedient to God's will. When it's crunch time, pray that you will be obedient to God's will. When we come to difficult times in our life, difficult decisions, difficult problems, there is usually what's in biblical counseling, the, the Y diagram, the choice. Well, are we going to be faithful to God? Are we going to choose our own sinful way? And often, the sinful path is the easiest, clearest, uh, quickest way to resolve a problem. And often, obedience is the hardest, uh, most difficult, but it means that we trust God for the outcome because we're being obedient in Him. And in this moment, between the Garden of Eden and the Garden of Victory, and our future Savior knelt and prayed the most difficult prayer anyone could pray. He knew what was facing him on the cross. He knew that he had a choice to follow his Father's will or not. Now, there's a lot of theological things that we could talk about, about uh, but we know that Jesus could not be tempted, could not fall into sin, but he had a prayer. What was the prayer? His prayer was this, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Well, what was the cup? Was it a, a, a cup?
cup of victory? Was it a cup of, what, what was it? Well, we know, reading the Old Testament, that the cup was a, a symbol of God's wrath. Isaiah 51, 17, Rouse yourself, rouse yourself, arise, O Jerusalem. You have drunk from the Lord's hand the cup of his anger. What is the, the cup that Jesus would face? It is the cup of God's wrath that God had, had stored over all time of those of his, of his people, of his enemies, of those who have uh, uh, gone against him, have rebelled against him, his wrath in his righteous anger against sin and unholiness that, that God has stored up. And for this, Jesus knew his purpose and lot in life. He came, and yes, he did miracles. Yes, he taught. Yes, he was a good example. But his purpose was that he bore the wrath for us, that he took the punishment for our sin, for the sins of the world, that he would take it on himself so that we have faith in him, we might be saved. Richard Baxter, the Puritan uh, pastor, said, he was not from the fear of death, but the deep sense of God's wrath against sin, which he, as our sacrifice was to bear, in greater pain than mere dying. He did this, brother and sister, so that you and I could spare that punishment. Therefore, all of us are glad that the past did not come that the cup did not pass Jesus. He said, even if this cup cannot be passed, your will be done. Your will be done, Father. He surrendered his desires to the Father's plan because he knew of the Father's goodness. Now, in your copy of God's Word and all of our copy of God's Word, we do not have the recorded response of God but we know from what happened, God's answer. And some might say in the silence that God could be looked upon as a neglective father or divine deadbeat dad because he didn't respond to Jesus in that matter. But friends, this was not silence. It was the answer of God that Jesus knew his will was to go to the cross for us. So we are to understand that only the perfect father found occasion to deny the only perfect son because such denial achieved the only perfect ends a perfectly qualified high priesthood, a reconciliation through the only God-man mediator, loving atonement for the sins of man, the vindication of Father's righteousness and the ever-resounding glory of the Father and the Son and the Son of the Father. Friends, Gethsemane's silent answer will eternally be celebrated with loud praises in the universe because this, the Father's answer, no, we now have a high priest who perfectly imitate with all of our weaknesses and merciful faithfulness. We have one we can approach with grace. Because the Father answered no. We have one who stands between all of the ungodliness and God and his holiness to reconcile us and unite us with, as friends and not as rebels. Because the Father answered no. Who have faith in Christ 
need never fear the Father's wrath again. His anger has been fully satisfied and His Son's atonement. Because the Father said no, we stand assured that our acceptance with God happened on completely legitimate grounds. There's no parlor tricks, no loopholes, no legal faction, no injustice. This exchange for our sin, for Christ's righteousness, is sure. And because the Father said no, we will forever enjoy and share the glory of Father and Son, an unending, timeless age to come. I am so glad the Father said no. That's a good place for amen. How many of us could pray this way? How many of us could be like Jesus, knowing what went ahead of us tomorrow, that, that what was going ahead of him that would say, your will be done. Well, friends, that's a trick question because all of us should pray that way. Jesus practiced what he preached. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, I was thinking, I was reading in my devotion time about the, the uh, feeding of the 5,000. And if you recall, there was great crowds that had gathered to Jesus and people were grumbling because they were not hungry, kind of like similar to the, uh, so we, we know that we, the Israelites were grumbling about not getting fed in the same way. The people were grumbling, what are we going to do? And, and uh, they were wondering how they could do it. And a little boy with some uh, seafood plate, I don't know if that was from Long John Silver's there, or uh, some bread, whatever, he came and offered what he had. But what if he had not done that? What if he'd ran and hid when they found it and said, this is my family's, I'm going to go hide and keep it for ourselves. What, if, what would he have done? Well, friends, he was an example of knowing that whatever Christ willed, he was willing to be part of it. And we just never know what God will ask of us, and we never know when he will ask it. We never know ahead of time what will happen when he does. We never know how the Lord will redeem our bits and pieces and use them for his glory. And in the same way, when we pray, we should pray, God, your will be done in me. Jesus taught us to pray this way. Jesus showed us in his example, facing the cross, he taught us in the Lord's prayer, thy will be done. And this is how we should pray in all of our prayers. That great quote that I know I've shared often, but Tim Keller says that when we pray, that God will either give us what we ask for or give us what we would have asked if we knew everything that he knows. Therefore, we must be in our faith, no matter what, that we pray, God, this will maybe cost me my friends. God, I know that this choice of obedience to you will, will cost me something. Father, whatever that is, whatever the cost, find me faithful and your will be done. When in crunch time hits, are you willing to bend and trust the king's decision for you? We must pray, your will be done, God. Which leads us to the third and final reminder for our prayer. 
when it's crunch time, pray that God will help you be faithful. Pray that God will help you be faithful. Is it interesting that, that God, the, God the Son went to God the Father and asked that your will be done and God the Father even went to minister him through angels to help him knowing that what is coming through the day ahead is going to be difficult. Jesus did not go into prayer that night expecting to pass the time away. He didn't even go into prayer thinking that he might have to do it, that he checked his devotion thing off for the day. Jesus went knowing that he needed the power and the ability to obey. He knew that he needed his father's help. And this was just maybe the equivalent in some small way, Mario getting a mushroom, Popeye eating his spinach. God, in a life-changing way, encouraged him to go to the cross. And in the same way, when we go to God the Father, we know that we need his power to obey. We are unlikely to pray better than our commitment to obey. Let me say that again. We are unlikely to pray better than our commitment to obey. Jesus went knowing that he was willing to do what the Father asked. He knew that he would stand before the Sanhedrin. He knew he would go before Pilate, he, before Herod, before his executioners, before hanging on the cross, suffocating and dying. He was the example of fearlessness, loving strength, Compare that to the disciples whom he had said and prayed twice. Pray that you don't fall in temptation. Fall, pray that you don't fall in temptation. What are they doing? It says they're exhausted with grief. That their grief had overwhelmed them. That instead of praying by his side, encouraging him, what did they do? They truly fell into temptation, didn't they? When the, when the arresters came, they used swords. In the hours to come, they deserted him. What they could have used was the essential weapon of prayer. To go to God and say, God, help me to be faithful. Their immediate failures would quickly be out there for all to see. When we face the hardest times, we need to pray for God's strength be faithful Mike McKinley a pastor in Washington D.C. it is not enough to merely pray that prayer we must also be willing to obey and if necessary suffer the loss of our convenience our reputation even our lives brothers and sisters when we come to the Lord we are saying Lord here is our life do as you will and help us to accomplish it there was a boy who was lost in, in a cold winter's night. He had gone skiing with his family and he had rode a new ski lift and got confused and had gotten off the trail and gotten separated and there became an over 90 person search for this boy and unfortunately through the night they couldn't find him. They had to wait till dawn and got helicopters. They were able to find some tracks. They were able to find him and amazingly enough when the sheriff was able to report they said that they found the boy 
He had no harm done to him. He didn't even have to go to the hospital. How did he go across a whole night, this young eight-year-old, nine-year-old boy, survive the night? Well, it said his father had enough forethought to warn the boy what to do if he became lost. And his son had enough trust to do exactly what his father said. See, his father had told him to put branches across of him so that he could trap the heat in, so that he could stay safe. And it was said that as this young child, he would never have thought of doing it on his own. He had simply obeyed his wise and loving father. Brother, sister, we have a wise and loving father who has told us how to live, has told us what to do. God wants to help you, encourage you, and help you obey him. He wants to come alongside of you. So brother, sister, when you're coming, you know how to pray, what to pray, but you pray, God, help me to be faithful. Next week, we will be going to gospel to every home, starting that back up, and we go door to door, and sometimes we don't know what we're coming across but this is what I pray. God, I don't know what's going to happen today, but I know I need you. When I face the most difficult times in, in, with my family and, and decisions that I'd have to make here at the church, I would say, Father, I don't know, but just help me be faithful to you. Brother and sister, we have learned that prayer is more than content. It's more of a relationship with God that yes we might get things that we ask for but the most important thing about prayer is that we get God himself our heavenly father to know what we need to give us the strength to do what we need to do and to help us that we not fall from him Brother, sister, we need to know the importance of praying, yet not my will, but yours be done. Maybe the question for someone here today is that my prayers feel like that they go to the ceiling and stop. They just, it's just a, my laundry list doesn't go anywhere. Well, maybe it's because you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe there was never a time that you've trusted in Jesus Christ and know that he took the wrath for you, that he went to the cross for you, that he rose again three days later and gave victory over death and sin and that those who believe in him, believe on him, that they repent and believe in him will be saved and begins a relationship for eternity with God, that we can come to our Heavenly Father in all times in life. So I encourage you to trust in Jesus Christ today. The example that he set before us, knowing he would set himself to the cross, in him you will find life, brother and sister. In him you will find the one whose prayers went unanswered so that your prayers will be answered. Expressing in our desire that we should submit to God and God hears our prayers. Brother, sister, let us be reminded when crunch time comes 
that we go to the God who hears us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for the example of your Son. One, by being obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He showed that your will is more important. That our forgiveness of sin was his purpose. And in him, he showed us the example to pray. So Lord, as we face temptation or hard times, pray that we don't fall into temptation and disobedience, but instead trust your way, even when it's difficult. That we would also do your will, even when it's hard. And that we would come to you for help to be faithful. Lord, may we pray as we sung, not my will, but yours be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing that story together. Let's sing this. Come behold the wondrous mystery in the dawning of the
and watch this video together. network of churches, Southern Baptist churches, we work together, as you heard, uh, to help churches and compassion ministries here in North America. And because of the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, 
100% of that will go to help church planters and missions across North America. In your bulletin today, you should have received uh, a prayer guide. That is the most important thing we ask of you, is to take that home and pray every day this week for one of the highlighted missionaries or church planters. Uh, we have some here in northern Kentucky. Uh, one of our good friends that we've met here recently, Austin Mathis, has a church right up in Harrison, just about 20, 25 minutes. If you take 275 west and around, uh, you can get over to him and his church, Grace Church, that met this morning. Uh, many in the SEND, S-E-N-D, network in Cincinnati are supported, churches supported through that offering. And so the Lord is doing great things. And so pray for those pastors and missionaries and what God is doing through them. And then also pray about a significant, generous gift that you can give to Annie Armstrong Easter offering. In the bulletin is also an envelope you can use. You can also use electronic giving. Uh, we encourage you to give this Easter season towards this amazing task to reach North America with the gospel. So encourage you to do so. Um, our Redeeming Life Church that we partner with in Salt Lake City, they were part of that. They were recipients of that at one point. So we know that God uses our gifts. And so please think about giving of that towards that generous uh, gift. So a couple of other quick things before we uh, take an offering. So you want to pray about that? Maybe you want to give today for that. Maybe you want to hold off and pray about how you might generously give to that. But we're going to give in just a minute, so think about that and be prepared. And also, in the pew in front of you is a QR code. You can scan that uh, as well. But a couple quick announcements as we think about that. I, I mentioned it in the sermon, our Gospel to Every Home Spring Launch is next Sunday. So at 4 o'clock, we, we would like and invite all of you to come uh, to Gospel to Every Home, where we go knock on doors, we share the gospel, invite people to church, leave information and hope the Lord would bring about fruit of salvation and people to church, maybe disconnected through COVID and different reasons that we would want them to come back to church. So Gospel Every Home will be every Sunday uh, through June 11th uh, and will be every Sunday except April 2nd and May 28th. So, uh, so if you can't come next Sunday, we hope that you do, that you come one Sunday, that your life groups would maybe take a Sunday night of the month to, to come do together. Um, that you would come and be a regular participant of that. And so that's next Sunday. So please plan to be a part of that. Something else to be working towards in two Sundays, two Sundays, we will have our first members meeting slash business meeting. So we're changing the name. So I'm going to use both names for a while so that you know what it is. Our members meeting is where we're going to have basically a, a service of singing, hearing from teams, hearing about ministries, hearing about the needs of the church, and doing some business along the way. And so that will be March 19th at 6 o'clock. So this is your call. If you're a member, you need to try to be here, unless that there's another reason for you not, because we have a lot of things to talk about, and we need your input. That's part of membership. Uh, so come on the 19th at 6 p.m., and we will uh, have our first members meeting, business meeting uh, of 2023. Uh, another thing that's coming up at the end of the month, really the first April 1st, and this is not an April Fool's joke, we're actually having our Easter celebration on April 1st. 
We'll do our Easter egg hunt for our community. We'll have this room filled with families to, to, to do the Easter egg hunt, but we hope to present the gospel to them and to invite them to church for Easter. And so if you can help us by taking eggs that are out there and filling them with candy or getting bags of candy and donating them and, and doing that, I know this is, this is a tough time of year. Hopefully Kroger maybe will have a sale here soon. But we need your help to be prepared for that. And if you can help volunteer that Sunday, uh, we will need your help as well. But out there, please make sure that you get those bags of, of, of eggs. Or if you just want to bring candy, those need to be returned on March 25th. And then the last thing, today is the deadline for uh, Salt Lake City mission trip. So if you've been praying and thinking about doing that, see Mark today if you want to go and partner with our sister church and help them with their Fueled Up Families ministry in July. And one other thing we want to celebrate, we're going to ask Chuck and Bev to come on down. I remembered this week, I'd forgot last week, so I'll take the blame for that. But Chuck and Bev has gone through our new members class. Uh, they moved here from the state of Washington, and uh, they have come to unite with Hebron Baptist Church. If you, you've seen Bev in the choir, and she says she won't let Chuck sing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, we, but we're thankful, we're thankful for them. And uh, if you're as excited as I am, they've come to join our family of faith. Would you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Y'all can go back, and then at the end, come back up, and we'll greet them. So at the end of our service, if you'll, they'll come back up here, and you welcome them into our family of faith here at Hebron Baptist Church. Now that we've worshipped through singing, we've worshipped through the word, uh, we've worshipped now, we will come to worship through our giving. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house. All that you've done for us, we give all in return. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to give a sacrificial gift, offering, and tithe to you in your house, we know, God, that you will use it to advance the kingdom with the gospel, that you will support our community outreach like our Easter egg hunt and vacation Bible school and our children's ministry and all the things that we do to reach northern Kentucky. We pray, God, that you would use what is given today, that you would multiply it, Help each one of us to be cheerful givers, that we would give abundantly and cheerfully and generously to you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. All your ways are good. All your ways are sure. I will trust in you alone. Higher than my sight, high above my life, I will trust in you alone. Stand your feet, let's sing. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow you. Who you love, I'll love. How you serve, I'll serve. Life I lose, I will follow you. Yeah, I will follow you. Yeah, 